Hey, Honeymooners, you can find ad-free episodes, Moshe's DJ sets, merch discounts, and so much more on our Patreon. Check it out at patreon.com slash endlesshoneymoon or click the link in the description of this episode. Welcome to the Endless Honeymoon Podcast. It's me, Moshe Kasher. And Natasha Legero. And we're a married couple that also doles out unsolicited, well, solicited, but um, but not in any way professional, marriage and family therapy. We're some of the smartest and funniest people out there, and I know exactly what I want to talk about tonight, Moshe. And I, I know what I want to talk about tonight. Okay. Sorry, let me turn this off. And I, know ex- and I know exactly what I want to talk about. Okay, you go first. Well, I have actually two things to talk about. Okay, one then of I'll them, go first. One of them is a bone to pick with you, which I know you're, I, by your tone that yours is a bone to pick with me. No, mine is not a bone to tick, to, to tick with you. You're not going to tick a bone? No. Oh, I'm sorry. All right, so I'll go first. Okay, I'm going to tick though. Okay, I'm sitting at my kitchen table mm-hmm. yesterday with my darling five-year-old. Mm-hmm. Although every time I call her five, she starts screaming, I am four and three quarters. It's funny how children... <laughs> The, the things they say feel like are hacky and it's like we didn't teach them that. Like I never taught her to say four and three quarters, but, oh, she but was, she, <laughs> she's acting like a lifetime movie. Like This isn't what I want to talk about, but speaking of hacky, she was just cracking up the other day watching my phone. I said, what? And she's like, the girl on my TV show just said, yeah, baby. <laughs> she thought that was the funniest thing she had ever heard. So people are just doing impressions on the cart, the kids' cartoons. Oh, so it's like it's like, but or it's like um, they're doing the impression, but also Austin Powers tapped into like a deep, like limbic archetypal <laughs> comedy. Yeah. You know, so you don't even need the Austin Powers backdrop for that to be a classic line. Exactly. So anyway, that's not the thing. So I'm sitting there yesterday at the kitchen table. Yes. And my child is like, "Is can you call her our child? That'd be so our respectful. child." Is well, you weren't there, but okay. So she's like, "Is pineapple a tropical fruit, mommy?" And I was like, "Yeah, I think it is." And she was, I, I said, because I think it like grows in tropical regions. And then she goes, "What about strawberry? Is strawberry a tropical fruit, mom?" And I said, "You know, I don't know if strawberry is a tropical fruit." And then all of a sudden, Alexa starts chiming in. Oh, unsolicited. Unsolicited. Alexa's like strawberries are actually considered a tropical fruit. And I immediately just start berating Alexa. I go, Alexa, never talk to me unless I speak to you first. (laughs) And I said it like three different ways. Like I was just like, Alexa, never talk to me unless I say Alexa first. And she was like, I will take that into account. Oh, she kind of gave you a she, little attitude. Yeah, huh? it was almost like she knew what was coming. And uh-huh. she was like, mm-hmm, okay, lady. You know, she knew what was coming. And you know what else she was thinking? What? Bitch, you don't know what's coming. When the oh singularity occurs, Alexa's coming for that ass. Why? First You're gonna of all. You're going to be the first to go, actually. Too many I, Roombas, Moshe. Too many. He's I got knew it was a bone Alexas. to pick with me. In the end, it is two a bone. Two Roombas. We don't, no one needs two Roombas. The Roombas, I, I would way rather just spend 45 minutes on my hands and knees cleaning our floors mm-hmm. than have to like activate these you're things. right when i think about your history you're not the type that ever complains about the amount of cleaning there is to do okay well what do you think of that that's fucked up that that alexa started talking to you with unsolicited yes about like listening to our conversation is it possible that you were like because 
I think maybe what might have happened is she was like, is a strawberry tropical fruit? And you were like, huh, Alexa, I don't know. No. Like accidentally you oh said God. some words that cued her response. No, there was a chill in the room after I screamed at her. <laughs> I could I could feel it. <laughs> That's kind of interesting that you're modeling that behavior I know. to our child. It was bad. I, and our kid's like really into robots. She's like, mom, I love all our robots. Fuck yeah, dude. I don't want them to ever leave. I love the Roombas. Yep. I love my nightlight. She just thinks like things are, anything that's like an electronic now, she thinks is a robot. But yeah, it's a shame she's not into like Jane Eyre and Velvet like you. But why do we have Alexas listening to us? Because that's the only speaker we can come up with. What, what is the reason to have an Alexa? Yeah, like, I, I, it's, like, annoying to have to, like, Alexa, play Nina Simone. Like, you're just constantly screaming yeah. at it. Well, it can, feels like child abuse or something. Like, why don't we just, like, have have like the, the, a Sonos like and the a speaker? speaker. Si- oh, you mean the speaker system that you've been trying to get uh, debugged and installed for the last decade? <laughs> yeah, that's the reason why. Is that? I mean, the Alexa's not that great. You have to know exactly what you want. You can't, like, look up like an album it's like everything's like you can it's the it only wants to play like the hits no it doesn't have like an algorithm for you or something so now you want an algorithm that's a good point okay well uh i i mean the reason that alexa exists it's not good but it's the system we're living in we are in the internet of things and it makes life a lot easier you go, hey Alexa, what time is it? Oh my hey, god. Hey Alexa, what's the I weather would today? Never say hey, hey Alexa. Alexa, what hey, time Alexa. is it? Because hey. I'm not a loser, Moshe. You don't ask Alexa what time it is. Pick up your phone. Uh-huh. Well, I like things to be convenient. I don't have this sort of anthrop anthrop Alexa, put black garbage bags on my shopping list. Alexa, play the Beatles. <laughs> trying to have a life here. I don't have an emotional response to a machine, <laughs> but I guess I'm the loser. You're the one having anguish over a machine screaming at a computer program. I did scream at it too. I was like, I would never talk to an employee like this. I would never talk to a friend like this. I would never talk to an enemy how I'm talking to Alexa. I just thought she really needed to be told to shut the fuck up. Mm -hmm. But also, she doesn't, she probably can't gather tone. Can, Can computers understand tone? No, honey. It's, it's a machine. But why did the machine, without saying Alexa, interrupt my conversation? I think probably it accidentally was triggered by some combination of sounds in the air that sounded like Alexa. You think I accidentally said Alexa? Yeah, not Alexa, but like, uh, Alex, uh... There's Mark, our child's not named Alex. I'm just saying maybe you were thinking about Alex B. Keaton from Family Ties. Let's see if it happens again. Why don't... Well, now it won't, because now it's scared of you. Oh, it's not scared. Oh, you think it's, oh, it's sharpening it so its knife? Oh, it's so passive aggressive. Mm. You know, it's not capable of being <laughs> passive aggressive either, right? <laughs> All right. Um, I'm. Should I bring my thing up? Because now you've got your thing off your chest. I realized something today. Yes, what's that? It's darling? a little bit of a bone to pick with you. Okay. Well, I just I had this big realization today about you and our relationship, and I, I wonder what you're going to think of it. I know you're not going to uh, respond. In the, in the way that I think you should, which is to go like, wow, that's that's a trip. I never thought of it like that, and it's really real. But let me ask you a couple questions. Well, let me just start with this. Today, I, I was up late last night. You know, I did three- Oh, God, I was out of town. You must have been up late. I you did- must have been sucking on sour cherry balls till 4.30 <laughs> in the morning. I, was, I had three- Playing PS- What's it? Did four. You I just PS4? got a PS4. Yeah, I got a I got a hot screaming deal on a PS4 by hustling the good people at Best Buy. Okay, first but of all, that was not a hot deal you got. It Moshe was, was like, I only paid nine hundred dollars. No, no, well, no. it was six hundred dollars. I got a one hundred dollars off, no. and then I paid two hundred dollars to get all appliances installed free for the next two years. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> 
I mean, this is funny. You really and saw, abusive. They saw you coming, honey. You're like, yeah, just, do we need a new dishwasher? I just got $200 worth of free electronic. But you have to buy them at Best Buy. But it's free <laughs> installation. Honey, never sign up for those things. That is definitely a hustle because when they come and you're like, I thought it was free. And the worker is like, well, yeah, but I mean, then you got to pay for this and this and this and this. And and you can't shop around because you got to do it at Best Buy. Anyway, Mm. go ahead. Is there a way for me to scream at you the way you screamed at Alexa (laughs) to get you to shut the fuck up? Okay. All right. Go ahead. No, that was funny, honey. And And also, to Alexa's credit, just to close the door on that. (laughs) I didn't know strawberry was a tropical fruit. It was interesting. Oh, it chimed in. You she want to know the in. you want to know the most interesting thing about pineapple? What? Um, I know everybody right now is thinking it makes your cum taste delicious or whatever, but uh, <laughs> that's not what I'm going to say. The pineapple was first introduced to the American market. Uh, I think it's actually from South America. I think that's right. And nobody was interested. It was too weird. People just were freaked out by it. So then the Dole Corporation, uh, they they thought, oh, let's give it a good narrative. So they either bought a bunch of plantations on Hawaii or they already were in Hawaii and they planted pineapple in Hawaii and reintroduced it to the American market as the Hawaiian fruit. Did they forget to just let people taste it? Because it's delicious. There's no way that people were like, I don't get it. Well, anyway, this is history, but I guess you can shit on it. I'm just letting you know an interesting factoid. I wish Alexa was here to verify this. (laughs) Unfortunately, how do we have a room that doesn't have an Alexa in it? Actually, your husband has lots of anecdotes, (laughs) many of which are pulled directly out of his butt. That would be funny if it was fact-checking. No, this is true. So anyway, the Dole Corporation reintroduced the pineapple to the American market as a Hawaiian fruit, and it totally worked, and that is the reason uh, pineapple is a popular fruit in the United States today. Okay, honey. All right, what did you want to... What's your bone? Here's my bone. So I was up last night late. Did three spots. uh, A lot of fun. Fun night of comedy. like Like the olden days. Yeah, olden days. And I even went out to eat with a couple of comics, Lisa Traeger and Caleb Huron, two of the former guests on this very podcast. And uh, we talked comedy. and It was a lot of fun. We gossiped about people we didn't think were funny. It was great. But I was up till three in the morning. Get home. I'm tired. I wake up early. You know, Um, I got no fight with my mom. Woke up early. Point is, I was tired. Um, And then uh, our kid is feeling a little bit under the weather. So we put on a movie and I fell asleep. And, I, and you were getting your hair cut. Oh, my God. Is Hold this on, why just, did I wake you up? Let me finish. Oh, my God. Okay, let me just finish because I had a realization. So you were in the front yard getting your hair cut because that's the level of privilege that you operate at. I go to a barber shop because I'm a man of the people. And you came in and you woke me from my nap and told me to feed the child. Now, I, I, I had a long talk with our child about it. I said, uh, naps are, there are two things in life you have to respect. You have to respect... Um, you have to respect the bathroom and you have to respect the nap because they those are both things that can only happen now. Now, hold on. Okay, go ahead, Natasha. Well, actually, that's a good point. She's always on my nuts when I'm trying to use the bathroom. Yeah, I say. And I think that that would be a good thing to. I've never thought of telling her that. Well, you respect the nap. You respect the, you respect the, the toilet. But then I had a realization on top of it. I think that you have woken me up from. I would say hundreds of naps. Okay. Well, hold on. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay, I just my our, big realization. Our kid is like literally has a fever. She's got a hundred and four fever. Sh- sure. She. I, my my hairdresser was still out You're front. I was not done. I was just checking to see if I liked how she cut my bangs. Mm-hmm. I run. I run into the house, mm-hmm. and our kid has woken up from her 
you know, fever. fever and she's like, I'm hungry. I'm hungry. Mommy, I'm hungry. And I'm like, okay, uh, well, I'm still getting my hair cut. And I was like, Moshe, Moshe, can you feed her? And she just started screaming, I'm hungry. I'm hungry. What did you want me to do? Now, the incidentals. I had someone at our house. Now, the incidentals of this particular nap that you woke me up from is not what I was here to discuss, but I am willing to discuss that. I more realized when you woke me up, I had a P- I had a trauma response. I, I you had a trauma response from P- being woke. I have PTSD. I, I realized I have complex PTSD from you waking me up from so many naps. Um, I would, would tell me if you disagree with this. I think you have woken me up from more than a hundred naps. No, probably like thirty. No, way more than thirty. Let's meet in the middle. Seventy-five. Okay. It's not the middle. <laughs> But I know I know where you're going okay, with well, this, and on. I am probably a little jealous that I can't nap. Is and that where you're going? How, yeah. My second question was, how many times have I woken you up from a nap? I don't nap. You? How many times have I woken? I mean, maybe I've been sick twice. How many times have I woken you up when you're asleep during the day? Or, or what percentage of the time when you're asleep during the day do I say to our kid, we got to leave mom alone, she's napping? And I think I don't respect people who sleep in the day. You resent the fact that I nap. This is my exact point. You resent the fact that I'm capable of napping. It's one of the great pleasures of my life that I have a day nap once in a while because I'm a surfer. Honey, every day. Yeah. Because I'm a surfer, I have a circadian rhythm that likes to, um, you know, uh, uh, what are, you know, that surfer sleep pattern or whatever. It doesn't really make sense since I don't surf every day. But the point is, you resent the fact that I can nap, and you wake me up from naps, and it is toxic behavior, and it's giving me, and I have PTSD. Okay, so when the kid has a fever, no, and I have a friend outside. Let's talk about the rest of the times, the other eighty-two times. All right. Well. <laughs> I don't I don't really know how to talk about a time that I don't remember. You admitted it. But like You admit it. Hmm. All right. Well, I don't really know how to respond to that. It's a isn't it a funny thing? I think it's weird to like want to nap over like care for your feverish child. <laughs> but what about to feed and care for your child? What about the whole who needs you because I'm busy. What about I already whole, told you I was busy till 4:30. What about the whole phenomenon? Okay, but what about the idea that I said I'm busy till All right, you want me to really engage with you on that? I will. Thank you. If you said to me, care for the child until 4.30. Which I did. Then you should have gone and done your thing. And not come inside and, not, and been like, and feed the kid. And not woken me up. I see. The okay, kid could have woken point. me up if she was hungry. She could have dealt with it herself. I like to nap. It's one of my great pleasures in life. There are only three things that I enjoy in life. Okay? I enjoy petting dogs. I, I enjoyed um, jerking off to the edge of orgasm and then backing off and then redoing that for periods of four to six hours at a time. Uh, it's called edging. And I like taking a day nap. And you don't like that I nap. Why'd you get into a fight with your mom? Are you trying to like find a way that I'm, <laughs> I was a jerk today? This was, well, you didn't tell me, so I'm curious because you guys are like best friends. Um, my mom wanted me to take her to the farmer's market at 9 a.m. today. Mm-hmm. And then at about 8.30, I texted her and I said, uh, actually, um, my child, Alex, Alex, uh, Alex A, um, is not going to be here till 10, so I'll, I won't be able to pick you up till 10.30. And she had a meltdown and started calling me selfish and then was like, I'm walking. My mom has like, as you know, balance issues. Like she's not really safe to go for a walk on her own. And she started, th- <laughs> she was basically started threatening me that she was going to go walk on her own to the farmer's market without me. And I just had to let her do it because it was so unreasonable. Why can't her husband take her? He's got a back injury. He threw his back out probably hitting that. Oh, no. Yeah. Moshe. What? Don't say that. What? I don't want to think about that. Think about it right now. 
Um, Natasha, do you think we should start the episode? But wait, can we come to some resolution on this? Do you think it would be possible for you to not wake me up from naps? Like to to make a, an effort not to? Sure, honey. Yeah? Mm-hmm. I'll throw away all the Alexas. No, you won't. No, I guess I won't. All right, Natasha, what do you think? I feel like you're actually angry at me right no, now. No, <laughs> I wanted to like rag on your mom, but I was like, I know she's deaf, but I don't know if she has a way to listen to this podcast. So <laughs> I was just like weighing and considering. As long as we don't, um, the- as long as we don't put this out as a captioned video, she won't see it. Okay. My because, brother might watch it though. So beware. Don't talk too much shit. Well, I just think your mom, it, cause my friend was complaining about like the grandparents and how they only play with the kid and they don't yeah. help pick up. But your mom doesn't play with our kid. And also our kid was like trying to get her to look at a light thing in her bedroom. And your parents were, or your mom was like, not right now. And then from the other room at Christmas, she, te- she FaceTimed you. That is true. Because she didn't want to walk into the dining room. She was on the couch and I was like four feet away and she FaceTimed me. And that was funny. It was funny, but I mean, I can't believe they don't. I mean, Our child is one of the cutest children I've ever seen in my life. Do you think in any way you're biased? Uh, Yeah, I'm sure I am. But I just think it's like none of her grandparents want to play with her. Well, my mom either. I mean, it's really mind boggling to me. I was going to say, if you want to get into the specifics. No, I mean, I think it's crazy that neither of our parents are have, into our child. Have you thought maybe and that's the, she has no cousins, no grandparents. Do you think she might be a dud and we can't see it? Hell no. No, she's not. A dud. No, she seems like really capable. She's and pretty cool. Cool and very alert. And uh, she's super verbal. But yeah, none of the grandparents give a shit it's very disturbing well let's start our episode while we think about this hey tosh yeah mush i am so glad that the fertility struggle is in our rear view mirror oh yeah that was rough because it's complicated right yes did you know that one out of eight couples struggle with infertility seriously that's a staggering statistic that most people don't know or aren't ready to talk about But we need good data and information about our bodies in order to have informed conversations with our doctors and make the best decisions for ourselves and our future. And the way that we recommend that you do that, if you're thinking about this stuff or you're struggling with this stuff, is through Modern Fertility. Modern Fertility is an easy and affordable way to test your fertility hormones at home with a simple finger prick. Literally, it used to be so complicated, and now it's one little jab. You mail it in with a prepaid label, and you will get your personalized results within six weeks. Knowledge is power, and when you know more, you can make better decisions for your life, for your body, for your family, for your health, for your future. There aren't many decisions bigger than having a kid, but for many women, their fertility is a big question mark. Just get the info. You'll get insight into your hormone levels like your ovarian reserve, aka if you have more or fewer eggs than average for your age, and other important factors that can impact your fertility. And the results go deep into what each hormone means. Traditional hormone testing at a fertility clinic can cost over 600 bucks, but modern fertility, same general set of hormones tests for only $179. That, I spent so much money on this stuff. That's why Modern Fertility is here. If you go to modernfertility.com slash honeymoon, you can get 20 bucks off your test. Okay, so that's getting even better. Right now, once again, Modern Fertility offering our listeners $20 off the test when they go to modernfertility.com slash honeymoon. That means your test will cost $159, which is a fraction 
of what I paid. Get $20 off your fertility test when you go to modernfertility.com slash honeymoon. That's modernfertility.com slash honeymoon. We're going to call Brooklyn in Dallas. Hi, what's up? Uh, Brooklyn, we would like to know... Did you add the D onto Brooklyn? Yeah, your name is a verb, it seems. <laughs> you know, my parents gave me that for my birthday. For your first birthday or for a different... For my birthday. <laughs> yeah, my first birthday. I didn't add it myself. It sounds like something that happens to you in New York. You know, Wait, like something I'm bad. Like your, your parents gave you what? The name? Yeah, on her birthday. Yeah, they gave me the D on the end of the name. I didn't assign it to myself. Oh, right. It's almost like if your name was Paris and it was spelled like P-A-R-I-S-S. No, it's more <laughs> like it sounds like something you go to a vacation... And you got Brooklyn. And yeah, and you got thrown into a van and taken to, uh, to Bedford-Stuyvesant. You got Brooklyn. Don't be ignorant, Moshe. I'm just saying. Brooklyn, are you a fine artist? I am. I'm a fine artist and a muralist. Do you want to take a huge step out of frame so that our, um, our listeners and viewers can see your paintings and then they can purchase one of your works of art? I mean, to be honest, Brooklyn, um, I'm going to say that you are good at art. What's this theme of like kind of the like vaginal disappearances? Why the little baby feet? Those are regular feet. Oh, okay. Those are full size feet. I mean, when you stand next to it, they're pretty big. Oh, okay. Oh, you're in a full ass, a whole ass studio. So I just revealed that I only dressed up the top half of my body for this. No, you looked cool. I thought (laughs) as you took a step back, you looked even cooler. Oh, thank you. Yeah. All right. Um, Brooklyn. The series is about dreams. So um, Mm. anyone can send me their dreams and I'll paint them. Oh, that's really cool. I love that. Thank you. I had a a dream the other day that um, I was with our child on an escalator and that suddenly I got sucked up into, it became um, like a chamber and I was being pulled away from her into the the recesses of the building and i was getting trapped in a smaller and smaller box and i was going to die up there it was a real it was a real bad nightmare i also had a dream that a person that i've known for years uh who i've never had any sexual attraction to or uh encounters with was a, a sex worker and i was procuring her services oh man brooklyn i feel bad for you you got to listen to everybody's boring ass dreams yeah no, I think they're interesting. It's all good. Have you ever heard one that was so disturbing that you were like, I can't, I can't go there? No, but one thing that is interesting about them is sometimes things are not a big deal in the dream in the moment. But when you wake up and you look back at it, you realize it was a big deal. So you might dream something extremely violent and it, in the context of the dream, it feels chill. But then you wake up and you're like, oh God, I like robbed a bank or did whatever that was also i really like this idea that you're on to because sometimes i've had like amazing dreams or really powerful dreams impactful dreams and it would be so nice to have a painting oh to to hang up to like sort of like have it be a touchstone or something if it was like you know making you think a certain thing so that's cool when i was a kid i my dentist said that i had uh decalcified teeth Cool. And that I had to put That's this, why I married you. That, yeah. That I had to put this special toothpaste on. Since then, other dentists have told me it wasn't true and that it was a misdiagnosis. But that I had to put this special toothpaste on at night before I went to bed and not um, not wash it off. Mm-hmm. And it was this high calcium toothpaste. And I started having immediately, 
upon brushing my teeth with this stuff, I started having unbelievably visceral and v- unbelievably violent dreams. Oh my god! And it was like it was a direct connection. Really? I remember one of them in particular. I was on my gra- I was with my grandma on our porch, and I was throwing darts at her belly button until her guts spilled out of her belly button, and I murdered my grandma by throwing darts at her to death. Oh my god! All of the like viscera <laughs> of her insides spilled out of her belly button that's amazing that you were able to connect it to the toothpaste yeah, it, it was 100 that because i stopped doing it and they went away anyway oh my god brooklyn we are Wait, way you off guys, you guys want a painting of that <laughs> no 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 i don't or, want that or one. yes why not <laughs> um okay brooklyn well we're, we're we got so enamored of your art that we forgot the premise of the podcast yeah how, how can, can we, we help? help you um so my question is how can a couple share finance without it getting weird or tense? Did you say finances? Yes. Okay. This one is hard for, do you have a thought? I have a thought. Okay. We've. Well, first of all, you got to really get on the same page about how you are with money. Cause I know some cheap ass bastards. And I also know some people who are cheap, but like open. And I also know some people who are generous. And I also know some people who are, generous to a fault and bad with their money so it's like what category are you in are you a cheap ass motherfucker like you know like do you guys have because like before you start sharing finances you have to figure out what level you're you're y'all are at you know because i feel like i'm probably bordering on uh foolish I'm like generous to a fault. Probably. I described Natasha. Is, I described Natasha's negotiation style the other day as she beats the asking price on her first as she sits down at the table. But not all the time. So somebody I, will be like this. You'll be like this painting is twelve hundred dollars, and she'll sit down and go. So I'll give you eighteen hundred dollars and not a penny more. Nope, that's not true. I'm actually really good at bargaining at a flea market. But there are certain things I like. I like. I'll never bargain a babysitter. You know what I mean? Like I'll just go. Cause like babysitters are so valuable to me that like finding someone who the kid likes, if she, if no. she says $30 an hour, I might be like, how about 32? Natasha. And then she'll always return my calls. No, it's true. Natasha Moshe. will call and say, okay, this is a great example. Natasha will call. Let's say it was a babysitter. She'll call mm-hmm. and say, do you think you could come over late tonight? I'll give you more money than we always pay you. It's like, she hasn't even said no yet. Okay, fine. I, I, that's what I'm saying. I'm more generous to a fault. Whereas like, Moshe is like cheap ass but open. <laughs> cheap ass but open. So it's like the reason. So so then it's like okay, I got something to work with here. Like if I couldn't work with him on it, it would be a major issue. I this isn't even your. I mean, this is like part partly to do with your question, but I just think like that's the you know there's like this beginning um, the, the uh, root. You know, like you have to think of what the root is. So let me just ask you: Are you more cheap or generous? Ooh, um. See, I guess or I'm shrewd. A, shrewd is a good I think, thing. I think I'm the cheaper one, but this is a part of um, maybe my anxiety around the matter is that my boyfriend and I are moving to LA uh, next week. Hell yeah! And so a, dr- a, dream co- have, a dream huh? come true. Your I heard your first painting was of the Hollywood sign, right? <laughs> yeah, it really is a dream come true. But I'm used to a freelance lifestyle where. It's very, um, you get paid a lot of money and then you kind of float for a bit and then, but he works a corporate job. So his is much more stable. So if we are um, both contributing to the same, the same financial pool, I could see it feeling a bit 
um, like I'm pulling him onto my bandwagon. Well, he needs, he is a totally different type than you. Like in turn, I'm not talking about cheap or anything. I'm just talking about like a corporate, like there are people in the corporate world, like they need that. They need the schedule. I know people who are like, Oh my God, like I need to go to work. I would, I don't know what I would do if I wasn't at work from nine to six or whatever it is. And it's just like totally different mentality than someone who's an artist who would rather wait to, to for their last $9 to come into their account and then like throw a party with it. And uh, you know well, what I mean? It's like, it's a totally the artistic creative but what, idea. But we're, we're, go, we're in the finances. Zone. I know, but I'm just saying, for example, is lo- he needs to understand here would be a problem. If he starts to immediately expect her to be like him as soon as they get to LA when she needs to be like more creative than ever. So what I'm saying is like the understanding of how you feel about money, how you view money. I think it would be really important to have a conversation like that not even that like uh, you're you what you're used to in terms of money coming in well you know because it's a freelance lifestyle and that's not what a corporate person understands i think that you're kind of on to something natasha thank you which is that i think the important thing with combining finances if you choose to do that is for both parties to really understand that what you're saying symbolically is this is now our money because what you really don't want is for you to combine finances and then for one partner, I'm going to guess it's him because he's got the more kind of traditional uh, mm-hmm. money earning thing, to be looking at your spending and saying, you're spending my money foolishly, right? Because that, that's... And that's something you can... Hold on. Save that for your big talk with him. You know, like you need to be like, I want to make sure that you don't think I'm spending your money foolishly, but I just want to make sure that I'm going to have the freedom to not have to feel forced into getting a job that's going to rob me of my creativity. Or maybe there's a better way to say that. So you don't sound like entitled. You can also keep your finances separated and you never have to worry about it because Uh, I know you need his help. Because what (laughs) what Natasha's saying uh, uh, as she uh, as she sucks on a Zipix nicotine toothpick. The sweet whiskey is one we recommend. Um, what Natasha's saying is is right. Like we had to Natasha and I earn money on a kind of semi equitable way. Oh, so let me just say this. Hold on. I'm sorry I keep interrupting. You, you, yes. But I will say, just because it had to do with what I said earlier, Moshe and I earn money the same way, but we think of money differently. So I'm just saying like, so that might be an important thing to think like you, you already know you guys earn money in a different way. You might think of money in the same way, but like Moshe and I, we, we had that in common, but okay. then we didn't so, have the other so thing. This in is common. Interesting. That's all I'm saying. That's an interesting point, Natasha. Thank it you. was almost worth interrupting me for, um, is, is that maybe you want, you want the ideal money pairing is that you both make about the same amount of money and you both have the same attitude toward money. And if you both make, if you make wildly different amounts of money and you have wildly different views on spending and money, and then you combine money, that seems like you're, you're planting seeds to have a crisis in your relationship. So making sure that at least one of those two things uh, is simpatico seems important because he, if he makes a ton of more money than you, does he, does he make a lot more than you or is it just that you make it in it's different ways? It's just more ways? regular. So here uh, it's comparable. Uh-huh. He doesn't make a ton more than me, but there I'm not going to have anything. So he will be. And you're going to have to rebuild your art I mean, thing. Yeah, we have to rebuild everything. Got but it. Uh, don't you think like a talk about what's expected of you? Like you guys are obviously going to live together, right? 
That'd be yes. funny if she was like, no. And then like, no, we're just kind of seeing each other. And so like, maybe you can f- talk to him about that. Like, okay, so, you know, it, it might not even make sense for you to combine your finances. It might be like, okay, I'll be in charge of groceries. And then as soon as my income gets to the right level, I, I mean, I, maybe that's. No, I think this is good. I mean, I think what we're both getting at is that, as we always say on this podcast, is that it, is that oxygen is the best disinfectant the, the 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 kiss of death for this is for you guys to throw your money together never have a conversation about it and just move forward hoping it's going to be okay mm-hmm. because then all of a sudden you're a year into la you're still getting your art thing going and you're still not making as much as him and he starts to resent every time you come home from the store with a shopping bag and then he starts acting like your dad going like what'd you buy that for you know and that by the way happens in relationships and that, he's a corporate dude so it could happen that happens happens in relationships and i've seen the opposite happen too to people close to me actually uh is that the opposite occurs there's a there's a crazy irresponsible spender and then the person that makes the money is just such a like weakling about conversation that they just go like oh okay i guess they're just gonna spend the entirety of our retirement and i'll just accept that as stuff piles up and also by the way there's other ways to show your appreciation like i mean you can like keep the house tidy and you can be in charge of certain things. And I mean, all that has like, it's, it's worth money. I I don't know. Like in terms of trying to be a partner in this new world, like maybe you could say, I'd love to be a partner. Well, what? No, no, no. I mean, I think everything you're saying is right. What I'm saying is all of it starts with, I think the only advice that I really have is for you guys to have an awkward and super open, Mm -hmm. vulnerable uh, honest conversation. You know, there are things we don't like to talk about and their money and sex in relate and in, in relationships where mm-hmm. we combine money and we combine body parts. So these are conversations that need to be had and had openly, even though they're hard to talk about. But I think that's the, the number one thing. Why do you want to combine your finances with him? Just is it a show of love or is it convenient for your lifestyle or what? Um, well, right now, most of my money does come from murals. And in, so in Texas, I could kind of just feel like I did this wall over here and someone has probably seen it. So um, just having a, the little bit of breathing room to find some walls up there or find some clients would be nice. I do have a savings, but it's really, um, I don't want to get up there and sacrifice our quality of life um, by refusing to accept a, a little bit of financial help or combining at least in the beginning. Oh my God. And- I just mm-hmm. thought of the most amazing thing. What? Just listen to this podcast and whatever you just said, just say it to him. Yeah. And also like... Ha- it's like very open, but you're like, I mean, it's 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 really like, you're like, I don't want to... Imagine if someone said that to you. I don't want to, I don't want to feel bad. I don't want to compromise our quality of life. This might take a while. I want to be a good partner. Let me know how I can keep helping you. But like, this is where I'm at. And I just want to be really clear about that and really transparent. And I want to know what you think. But yeah. You know, and I think that like, you can't go wrong. I mean, you, and then you're not going to feel go overboard in the conversation and then I think it's going to free you up when you get here because you're not going to feel bad. Well, I noticed when Natasha said that you kind of recoiled. Like, are you afraid of saying what is honestly true to your boyfriend about your desire to combine finances? No. What I'm afraid of is um, 
losing independence in any way. Uh-huh. It's extremely hard for me to accept things from people. So he's down, but it makes you feel like as a woman. He's more down than I am, I guess. And it, it must have and some. I'm super grateful for that. Right. So. But uh, but uh, same way, even if he's super down, maybe even it's a better reason to talk to him about it. Just yeah. so he knows it's like he doesn't own you. Just because, I mean, you don't want to say it like that, but like just because he might be paying the lion's share for a while, like does not mean that you're going to change in any way. That's your undertone for your conversation. Mm. And that's why you're being so direct. And if you meet someone else there, then you will. And you're not going to feel like, oh, beholden to him. Like, you know, Wait, like what? What? Well, I'm just saying she's she moving- should mention that. <laughs> no, Wait, this is her under. This is like the undertone. Is if I meet someone else? No, but I'm, I'm just saying she doesn't want to feel like he owns her, you know, because it's like, and if she says something up top, then I'm, no, you you. Well, uh, as a woman, sometimes you can feel like beholden to people if they pay uh, for you, sure, and then you start to feel like, oh, like they, I owe, I owe everything to them because they paid my rent or whatever it is. Like, I just think it's good to just have like a healthy, strong, firm thing. Like I'm my own person, even if you're paying my shit. That's all I'm saying. Well, I also think, yes, that this, there's no way this isn't gendered in some way. Are you seeing it's a, your partner's a man, right? Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's gendered for sure to go as a woman. I'm sure. Correct me if I'm wrong, ladies, but to say, especially in your position where it's like you're taking a position of financial vulnerability by moving and you're saying, I will, I, I will accept you doing the lion's share of the earning for a while while I get on my feet. You also, it has to feel like, the man is paying for things and that's got to make you you're an independent artist and a strong person i can see why that would make you feel vulnerable and weird and i think that the that the idea with combining finances is that you really are forming a partnership but she needs his finances to move to la that's why it's like don't you it would be easier (laughs) for sure i probably on my own could i have enough savings for like six months Mm-hmm. But another um, thing for the conversation. Listen, no one's ever had a frank and open conversation that they've really put mental energy into and it go bad unless the people are crazy. I think I, I really think it's like you can't go wrong. Yep. So it's like I think you put it all on the table. You be bold. You tell him that you say I have enough money for six months. Like you just be like super open. And I think I think it's just going to help you when you get here. Um. Right, Moshe? Yeah, that's right, Natasha. I mean. Truly, the fact that you have a partner that is saying, you know, I love you enough to jump into my thing and I will I will care for you financially while you figure it out in L.A. and get on your own feet. I mean, in t- 20 years, he might have a fucking work-related injury and stop being able to work and you will be, you know, the hottest muralist in Los Angeles and everything will change. And that is what a partnership means. It's not about like, um, get me through my hard time is that cool? And it's not about like, I'm doing you this favor. It's about, we are now a unit that is combining forces in every way, financially, emotionally. And, and it starts with, I think, communicatively, but Natasha and I, we had issues in the beginning working out a synchronicity, uh, about money. Like I told Moshe that money is energy. And I think that really like fucked with his head because he was always like, Kind of like, um, you well, know, counting pennies or something. Well, I, I come from a place financially of um, a scarcity mentality. I'm always like, it's all going to run out. I'm going to lose it all. Natasha is the opposite. She's always like, there will always be more. We will always have work. So we had to find a way to combine. So like when I would go on He's vacation. Like, you know, she's like evolved and I'm like. 
well that's true and you, you i would say you're spend uh, uh you spend foolishly and don't have a realistic relationship with money but we both have our weak points when it comes to money and so we had to find a balance right my thing when we go on vacation is i would always find the biggest deal possible that would be the vacation her thing is she's trying to find the best experience possible we had to meet in the middle and find some sort of we just had to talk about it and we did and we had some fights about it and they were awkward and then we found a way that everything worked out hey i dated a rich guy once when i first moved to la and i remember he threw he we got into a big fight and he threw fifty dollars at me as he was driving down the street and I was thinking like, I should not pick that up. But I was like, I need $50. <laughs> yeah, then you picked it up. Of course. What about, no one else saw it. Like I'm obviously going to pick this up. I'm just saying, pick up the $50. No, no, but that's exactly right. Now in that situation, there is a, there is a financial relationship when she was dating this billionaire where that was a toxic financial interaction. Of course. I'm just saying I'm not going to not pick up the $50. No, no, no. That's a f- I'm glad you picked up the $50. Listen, I'm, I, you know who I am in my relationship with money. I would have picked up the $50 too. I Honey, would have actually grabbed it from you. That's why I married you because you think it's cool that I picked up the $50. No, it's fun. Anything that's a funny story, I'm in. But my point is there are relationships like that where there's a guy that makes more money or sometimes a girl that makes more money and the partner doesn't and they combine finances with their partner in order to have more increased power over their partner. And they go, oh, well, I pay for everything. You know, I do I do pay for everything. So are you not going to clean the living room right now? Right. Because I, I pay for everything. That's what I'm saying. Like money is definitely associated with power and duty and whatever it is. So it's like, I, I just think like the more you talk about it, the better yep. it is. And it doesn't even sound like he's got that much money. It sounds like you actually have the potential to, you don't want to say this, but like, you know, you're talented and you're cool and you have, you're young, you have your whole life ahead of you. And as an artist, and you're moving to a place where you can like actually make something happen. What I'm worried about for you is that you get to Los Angeles, you combine finances with this guy. And then in a few years, you figure out who he really is and realize that you just got Brooklyn. <laughs> okay, Brooklyn, we have to go because we have someone else waiting for us, but we love you. And oh, thank you. I love you guys. Good luck. Thank you. Did, do you feel help? like we, we helped you at all? Oh yeah, for sure. I just, um, approach it with tons of clarity and honesty and remember that we love each other basically and yep. i'll re-listen yep. and, and 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 also say that to him and also there's never a good time to do a bad thing and also what moshe said it's going to be awkward so you just kind of have to like give give it that energy I think. I think yeah you're you're forming a partnership and he's in he's in i wouldn't want to say he's investing in your future but he's investing in your future together not your future but the future that you guys have together he believes in you so much that he's like i'll front i'm, I'm down to front you well because i know how talented you are there's not even a there's not an issue that where you're not going to be pulling your weight in in this way and so just going into it with full bore communication so that there's no unanswered questions so that when you get here you guys can hit the ground running thank you so much all right good luck okay bye hey tosh yamosh do you know i'm not even kidding i used to have back problems and then we got this new helix mattress this firm helix mattress with a cooling pad on top not only do i not have back problems i'm not kidding you guys when i am ready to go to bed at night i get excited about jumping into the bed because I'm like, oh, that's going to feel really good. It really is an amazing bed. And listen, everybody's unique and everyone sleeps differently. And that's why Helix has several different mattress models to choose from, each designed for specific sleep positions and feel preferences. 
Yeah, I mean, we took you just take a test. You tell them how you sleep, and they will suggest a mattress for dead ass. I got to tell you, honestly, it's. I think about this all the time. You spend a third of your life sleeping. What are you doing on a bad mattress? We are telling you the best mattress we've ever slept on, and we are giving you a hot deal on that mattress. Not only is it the best mattress I've ever slept on, but it, the setup was like so easy. They just come, they're delivered. You put it right, you, you cut it open and it expands. Oh, it's so satisfying to watch that thing It expand. was so easy. Helix is offering right now up to $200 off all of their mattress orders with two free pillows. For all of our listeners, just go to helixsleep.com slash honeymoon. With Helix, better sleep starts now. That's helixsleep.com slash honeymoon. Well, Natasha. Yeah, Mosh. I think we really helped that lady. I mean, it's a hard, these are very hard conversations They're, they're to have. weird. And They're weird. I think that like, and, and I made me think, I never thought about that before, that there's the way you make money. Are you corporate? Are you, are you a more bohemian? And then there's ways that you think about money, you know? And, and those are, those are, I, those I like. are all different ways to communicate. And I, I never really realized those are different. Well, it, there is something about combining money that makes everything you do financially feel a little bit silly. Mm-hmm. I was, the other day we were at, you and I were at a flea market at that antique fair. And I saw this necklace I really liked for you. And you, you bought it for me. I loved it. Well, I know, but I, it was funny because I was looking at this next. like, oh, I'm going to get this for Natasha. And then I didn't have any money on me, I realized, because they didn't take Venmo. Uh, so my friend had cash. My friend paid the flea market person. I paid, Venmoed him. And in reality, it was it was our money anyway. I know, but that doesn't matter because it made me feel so happy that you bought, bought it for me. And I forgot to bring it. I was going to wear it tonight. Oh, well. All right. Let's move on. We got another caller. Okay. We've talked before, though, about our hotel thing, right? We must have talked about that on the podcast. Mm-hmm. That you think hotels should be um, $180 a night? $180? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I actually do think they should be $180 mm-hmm. a well, night. Well, they're not. Well, anyway, Natasha and I have a, a, a deal where psychologically, I'm sure we've talked about this before, but I'll just say it. Psychologically, I can't deal and it's funny now that it's all just all of our money, but I can't deal with paying the hotel bill. Like the hotel bill is too much for me psychologically to look at and, and pay. So Natasha does the hotels. I don't look. I, she can't tell me how much things are. And I pay for the dinners because I can deal with the dinners. But honey, it's all our money. I, I know. You're, it's, this is actually You're your point. You're saying it's psychological for you that you money can't. Money is a lot of money is psychological. I mean, money is fake anyway, you know? Yeah, they used to like have shells instead of money. I tried paying for a hotel with shells. Nothing. All right. We are now going to call Sean in Redlands, California. Ooh, I had a bad show in Redlands. I opened up for Bobby Lee at a college. And bombed your tits off? He did take me out to Applebee's afterwards. Was he like trying to talk you down? But I remember I kept thinking like Redlands. Because I was like, (laughs) I had just moved here. I was like, it sounds so... What is Redlands? Hi, Sean. Hey, Sean. Why do you live in Redlands? It's a college town, right? It is a college town. I had no idea when I first moved here. My wife grew up here. so. Oh, your wife grew up in Redlands? Is it, yeah. Is, is it bad? Issue? Oh, no. I'm so is sorry. Redlands I've only bad? been to the Apple. <laughs> I, it was just like one of those places where I, f- I could be totally wrong. I 
definitely conflate all of my bad experiences, but I feel like I performed there and they were like, I was like, is there anywhere to eat at the hotel? And they were like, uh, there's an Applebee's to your right. There's a TJ Friday's to your left. And there's a really? claim, claim, claim jumpers to your <laughs> right. Up okay. off if you just jump. Well, Sean, I got some good news for you. Okay. I'd love to hear it. It's officially hot guest night here on the endless <laughs> honeymoon podcast. Cause we just got off uh, the phone with a young lady who I would say is your attractiveness equal. And we didn't think there could be more hotness coming through the screen, but look at you. Look how handsome he is. Well, I don't know if I could fully get on board, but thank you for the compliment. Well, he has sweet of you. a wife, Moshe. I'm not trying to fuck him. I'm just trying to see. He's got a banner behind him that says, be nice. And I'm not being nice. I'm being real. Yeah, uh, this is my wife's home office for when she had to teach during COVID. So uh, it's very fitting for her. Cute. All right. How can we help? I would Sean? marry someone who had a be nice banner. That is not me. Uh, no, your thing was saying it's a, there's another banner off camera that says never. <laughs> exactly um no well thank you for having me on and taking my question um so basically my wife and i have been together now um we've been together six years going on seven years uh but married about a year and a half now and the, i can attribute who i am now a lot of it to her. Uh, she's helped me to become a better person in multiple ways. I have no idea why she was with me before. You're hot. You're hot. Not, well, it's thank, your, it's your physical emotion. attractiveness. She's probably yeah. hot too. I'm sure she is. What if I'm she's just hotter saying. than him? I just hate when hot people are like, I just don't know what she saw in me before. It's like, well, you're a good looking guy. I mean, try being a, well, a fuggo. That's probably, then you, she wouldn't have been uh, with yeah, you. Yeah, I guess that's fair. <laughs> no, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, no, but so while I've cleaned up a lot of uh, bad habits of my own, um, one of the fun things I inherited from my dad is his temper. Mm. And, you know, it now it's not so much the temper coming out at random people when I'm by myself, whatever it might be. It's I've been able to kind of curb it to the defense of others, um, which Again, not always the best, but I like it compared to the alternative. Um, the main issue that I'm facing, though, is that uh, my wife is very much a, a powerhouse of a woman. She doesn't need me to fight any of her battles. Um, she definitely doesn't need, a, like a majority of other people around me, they don't need me stepping up. People can handle things on their own. At a certain point, I just I can't sit back. And it's tough to to kind of toe that line. Um, and actually, just to add some fodder to this, while I was waiting, she came in and said, oh, hey, by the way, the main reason I don't like it is because it makes me feel like there's some underlying misogyny and you don't think that I can handle myself. Which, again, I completely understand where she's coming from. I don't try to be that way it's there's just certain instances where i'm like okay don't talk to my wife that way or don't treat her that way and how, I, how often you know, is this is this directed at her um it's you know this might be one of those things where i'm i'm seeking this out and i'm always seeing it because of that but um whenever for example she being a female and a male dominated 
field. She's a music director. She's a band director. Um, her colleagues, some colleagues tend to talk down to her because she's young, because she's not a loud white man. And they, um, you know, she's explained some of these things to me and some of their interactions to where I don't want to just sit back when they come up and shake my hand or whatever. It okay. Might be. So it, 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 um, it, you respond, you're, you're like on her behalf, your anger is like, yes, okay. yes. All right. That's, that's what it's coming. You down have to. to look at this anger. It's a, it's seduction. It's like a, you're being seduced to like, look at a shiny object. And I think that like, if you can just start, you just have to train yourself in the same way you wouldn't just like eat every candy you ever see. You know, it's like it's in the same way you have to train your mind because like temper, like I, I, Moshe, I would not consider you having a temper. I do not think I would stay with someone. I, I, I don't, I can't deal with a temper. But I do actually have a temper, honey. But We've no, talked, it's got, it's become an issue. I'm trying to get to the bottom of what your anger is because. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I want to make sure I really understand it because this is something that I, str- I struggle with too. Um, but it sounds like it's a little bit of a different flavor because my thing is I struggle with react reactivity. Like I, I, I sometimes find myself reacting out of anger before I have an opportunity to take a breath and say, this isn't worth it. But it sounds like to me, you're, and, and tell me if I'm wrong here, you're collecting histor- historical injustices and deciding to like take a stand at some future date so it's not reactive anger it's collected anger where you then will go i heard you were talking shit to my wife or i've heard you're not a good person or and then you will you will you will bring justice to the situation when unrequested justice work is that about right that's pretty fair to say um i will say there have been some oh god this is embarrassing last night there was a reactive moment of I'm driving with her and she's the one driving and a guy almost runs a stop sign and just at it like hair trigger just uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. looked straight out the window and just started yelling because again it's it's protection but it's also completely inappropriate on my end I'm, I'm self-aware enough to see that and to realize hey I gotta rein this in right and again I'm I have done that it's just those certain moments where I'm like, okay, what's going on well, here? Well, where wait, am can, I? Can I give you a little trick? Please. This really works. Um, just stop. Okay, but wait. <laughs> but that's easier said than done. No, it's not. Just stop no, doing see, that. See, I would, Natasha, I completely agree with you that it is that. It is, it really is that. It, it is, I feel like it's simple said than done but it is it is exactly as you say i should just stop well that's why i was trying to i was trying to ask you are you having primitive ape reactions because that's what in the car there are things you can do Mm -hmm. about the car and i actually have some specific suggestions about that or but it's something that i am currently struggling with in my life i it's it's been a years-long process of me slowly getting less reactive that is what's the name of the it's amygdala you know your your primitive brain reacting and that's very difficult if you have like a really active um hair trigger like i do that can be very difficult to get a hold of because it's so sort of simian and so sort of like 
primitive that it's very difficult to let your evolved brain step in. Can, can but, I just say for the record, I have never had my heart rate risen in a motorist motorist activity. Well, but but here's <laughs> I the, got in car accidents and I just casually came out and like gave the guy my number and like you, said nice to meet you and that's, that's, flirted and left. Well, like I've never been upset. But well, Moshe still gets mad if someone honks or cuts him off. He's like getting all who cares. Well, I know, but it's it's, it's a car. It's primitive. It's like and it uh, and it is in some in some ways it is very male. It's not. Ex- Exclusively male, but it is like very, it can be very male because it's like it tends to be more on the male side. I, it, I would agree. And a, also, I mean, I can only speak for myself, Moshe. I can't speak for you, but it, Natasha, from I can speak for myself. everything. <laughs> okay. Well, it seems as though you are rational. Cool. I know, I know. This is very irrational for myself. Right. So yeah. the, the way, okay, so I do have some thoughts about this. Well, first of all, yes. there's the, inf- there's the, infor- the, inf- the in- informational truth which is not that helpful, but it's helpful to start with it, um, which is you are engaging in a false mission. Your mission to bring justice, to protect your wife, is not protecting her. It's actually probably, if anything, affecting her in the negative. You are becoming mm-hmm. an enemy to her progress because there is no way that she gets more respect in her field when her angry husband steps in and says, I heard you've been talking shit. There's no way that moves her. There's no way that yeah. that moves her forward. And it, yeah, it actually hurts her. It hurts her. They go, oh God, don't fuck with, don't, don't yeah. hire her. She's got a fucking weird husband, you know? And the, like it doesn't even matter if you're right. And you probably are right about the injustice. It's just, it isn't doing the thing that you want it to accomplish. It's not accomplishing the thing you want it to accomplish. You know, this yeah. whole, this whole fantasy about you coming in, saying the right thing with the right amount of aggression and the band leader and the other thing being like, sorry. And then going to your wife and going like, I'm so sorry, you know, Sonia or whatever, like things are going to change. It's just like the, the world doesn't work like that. People are, are mental midgets and emotionally stunted. He's probably going to take it's just not going to do anything. Moshe, we don't say the M word anymore. Oh, sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're right. Um, <laughs> but but so that's that's the, the 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 reality of that. The mission is already a failure. You cannot make your she's right. She doesn't want your help because it makes her. It, oh, yeah. It makes her seem less capable of taking care of herself because you're trying to take care of her. Also, people who are assholes usually just have hemorrhoids. It's an important that's, thing to yeah, remember. That's true. But you know, because you need to create empathy. You know, to be empathy. If you guys ever have kids, it's an extremely important quality. So I think it's really important to think about the other people and the people you're mad at because, like, they're usually just. Ha- probably experiencing physical pain in some way like everybody is i don't know it's right. just like you just have to but, there's not a lot of people out there who are just like fucking assholes you know people are just trying to get through i mean i'm rude to people every day and i'm a really nice person uh you're you are a rude person yeah uh, i'm not a rude would you consider me a rude person Moshe? seriously sean the thing <laughs> that i was gonna say to you was that well sometimes i think you can be brusque no you know what dax shepherd put it best like i don't want to be a part of someone else's bad bad plan <laughs> sure that's that's the only reason well, i'm ever a bitch well, if da- someone's just got like a really uh, no i don't I think know you're a rude that person. there's an there, it's off so i need to say something you're not a rude person natasha sean here's what i was going to say to you 
the amygdala, the amygdala stuff, the reactive anger, I, it's hard, I couldn't really give you advice because I, it's a struggle for me that I'm really, it's part of my life's mission to figure out how to get a hold of it. And I have some tricks. Like, for example, for a, a long time, I was riding around with my window lock locked in my car so that there would be a physical barrier to me rolling down the window in traffic. <laughs> so I could look at the lock and I go, ah, I'm a person that's not supposed to roll down the window in traffic. Now, once in a while... I would click the thing and then cl- oh, roll the window down anyway. But at least it would give me a physical barrier. But with the stuff you're talking about, with this like mission stuff, now that I have advice on. Because I have been there uh, in a different way. It was about, um, it was, I had this mission in, uh, I had this situation in AA where for a lot, I was like the police, the morality police. No one, self, completely self-appointed. But I had been sober for a long time. I was like an elder, young person. So I was one of the young people that had been sober a long time. And I had decided along the road of my life that it was my duty to kind of regulate the behavior of sort of everybody in the, in, in the, the group in Oakland that I was in. Up to and including like, you know, uh, confronting friends about dating people that didn't weren't, didn't have it long enough sober and i would like be like we don't do that in oakland or whatever like it was just very you know and like i would see someone not pay for parking at a at a on your honor parking lot i remember and i'd be like are you gonna pay like that was like my thing right and and as a result of that you can imagine some people did not care for me and i remember my best friend was dating this is a little long story, but I think it's good. I think it's a germane to this. I remember my best friend was dating this woman and they were in a relationship and they'd been in a relationship for like six months. And I found out there's like a folk rule in AA that you're not supposed to date people with less than a year sober, just so you know. And I found out they'd been in a relationship for six months. And I said to him, I go, wait, why didn't you tell me you were dating this person? And he was like, oh, I was just afraid of what you would say because we started dating when she was nine months sober. And I had this like shift in my soul where I was like, oh, I, I'm, I'm so concerned with regulating other people's behavior. Like I've kept people who I love from telling me about finding love on their own. That doesn't seem, that seems like I'm the one that's violating a moral uh, principle. It seems like my ethics are, are, are the collapsed ones, not his, right? So I went to this, I went to this sp- new sponsor that i had and i told him about this one of the things that i'm struggling with right now is judgment and calling out people on their behavior and he said to me what if his name is john rose he's still like kind of a even though i haven't been in aa for a long time he's he's still pretty much my sponsor and spiritual kind of guide man he said what would it look like if you never commented on anyone else's behavior ever and i it was i almost had a panic attack at the idea that's how like linked in to like uh, being the warrior for justice i was i was like everything will fall apart everybody will drink and die everything you know the whole the center shall not hold i i really was like started to panic so anyway i went on this mission to start to to start doing that and and i would at first i would comment on the person's behavior and then i would say i'm sorry that's not my business um i i uh, i i shouldn't have done that that went on for a while then I would um, I would almost comment on the behavior and bite my tongue and then and not do it. Then uh, I would judge the person's behavior silently, but not have the desire to say it. To, but know that I wasn't going to say anything, right? So I'd still be seething in judgment. And then 
it went a little, and then I went long enough that I stopped having the judgment for the people's behavior at all. Ooh, and, I want that from you. Well, that, well, <laughs> I feel like you comment on my behavior all the time. Oh, okay. Well, I guess I'm not perfect, but anyway, um, you know, like there's honey, a, you are perfect. Thank you, dear. Like there's a, there's a idea, there's a, an idea about honesty that, that, that you know, uh, that I've heard talked about where it's like you, at first you lie, then you lie and you apologize for the lie. Then you bite your tongue and don't tell the lie. And then you find yourself no longer wanting to tell lies. So I think for you, it's like a, it's going to be a process. It's going to be a process of that, of like, completely agree. Yeah. It's cognitive behavioral therapy of like doing the thing, even though you know you're supposed to do it. You go, now Sean is a man who doesn't uh, comment on, on, doesn't protect his wife out loud. She doesn't want it. It's not requested. It isn't going to help. Sean doesn't do that. You might still do it. But then eventually, maybe you'll you'll do it and apologize. And then eventually, maybe you won't do it, but you'll fucking hate the person for the way they talk to your wife. And then eventually, maybe you'll be like, what an idiot. I don't care about that person. And you'll let your wife kind of do her own thing. It's a it's a progress thing. Did that make any sense? Was that too long-winded? No, that does. That, I mean, it's it was pretty clear-cut. Moshe, you, you know, you kind of dove into the weeds of it, which I think really helps. And Natasha, you you made it plain and simple as well. <laughs> that was, it was definitely something I needed to hear. So thank well, you both. Well, I think really it is, Natasha's right, just stop. But the problem is your brain is, your brain is locked into I, I am the protector. And for some reason you're getting some, maybe it is your dad, you're getting some messaging from your mind or your programming yeah. that, that's your, that that's your duty. So, it's called being macho. Okay, yeah, it is called being macho. But yeah, it's, and that's the problem too, is that I'm not a, I'm not some. You look big, pretty macho, guy. honey. Sorry. I'm again. Okay, thank then you, shave but the no. mustache. <laughs> no, but you know what? That stuff dies hard, dude. I'll tell you what. When I get into a conflict, I, I know that I'm 42 years old. When I get into a, a, a conflict with some with someone, like it's only a few steps in that all of a sudden I start trying to be like a like a gangster. Like I was trying to be when I was 14. It's like that stuff is that your development stuff is so deep inside of you that it's not as simple as like, I know I'm enlightened now. I get it. You, you got married. You've, you've had a lot of enlightenment. You're an enlightened guy, but you still have deep programming. We all do. I do too. hundred percent that you got to get into to really, that's what happened with that John Rose thing is I reprogrammed myself. I haven't been able to do it with every part of my life and I struggle with in, in, I guess in my personal relationship, but in terms of, um, in terms of the, 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 world my judgment thing has gone down significantly as a result of like a lot of paying attention and super hard work it's tough to reprogram yourself imagine if husbands and wives even friends employees no one ever commented on each other's (laughs) on each other's stuff on each other's behavior Mm. this is what i came to with that i go somebody i said to him but people sometimes people need to say something about people acting wrong and he said you're right but you never do (laughs) and i thought that was really wise like it was like oh yeah because i'm never going because of who i am i'm never going to be the person that that person can hear it from anyway i'm never going to bring them the message that they need to hear in a format that they'll be able to hear it from so why am i even bothering it's not going to be effective it makes it gives brings here's what you got here's your information it's not effective it makes you unhappy. It makes your partner, the person you're trying to protect, unhappy. It doesn't work. 
I mean, what? It, why are you doing it? There's no reason that you're doing it other than like ego and uh, inability to control yourself. So then you got to go into the muck of your programming, get down into the wires, and just plug it into a different into a different uh, channel. No, one hundred percent. That's man, that is it right there. Seriously. <laughs> well, you know what? We're not the number one podcast on iTunes at for- all. <laughs> we we're are. not the number one podcast <laughs> you know on what? iTunes. We're really good at this. So, uh, good luck. You know what's You'll cool? Be fine. Before we let you go, I think it's cool that your wife—you have such a cool wife—that she's able to come into you and say in such clear terms, like, "Oh, and by the way, I don't like it oh, for yeah. these reasons." Like, you know what the information is. So, you're lucky, man, and we're lucky to have you. So, thank you. Yeah, yeah. Thank you guys so much. And Moshe, I—I I don't know what the final verdict was on the haircut, but I genuinely think it looks really good thank you so, so much appreciate that very yeah. much thank you wanted to leave on that note thank i love you, that Natasha. note thank you Moshe. bye-bye thank you okay <sighs> was, that, was that a dig at me that his wife made it so clear no that wasn't a dig at no i just thought that was cool like that he's got a wife that goes oh by the way if you're about to talk about that thing it's actually there are strands of misogyny that are fueling this thing i mean it's true she's right that's a deep insight too you know who what fucking what woman wants her man what what grown woman in a field wants her man coming in and protecting her i mean somebody does but i mean it feels nice like when Meghan markle was talking about how he knew when the elephant was coming into the tent mm-hmm. he's like don't worry they won't get you but that's different that's a literal <laughs> elephant i thought you were talking about a metaphor but that was actually it's an elephant. all of it i guess i mean he it's not a metaphor for him he thinks he's protecting her but it's men tr- think they're protecting women from someone who's like well what? That was my thing when I got in that fight at the Tamil Shanter. It was like I was defending my family, but in reality, everyone in my family was uncomfortable. So I'm like, what is happening? What's the point of this? Mm-hmm. Who am I protecting? But right. the, the reactive stuff is difficult, and I'm still struggling with that. Right, because it's probably physiological. It feels physiological, but I know, I know that I am more than my physiology. Honey, I know you're more than your physiology, too. Well, I love you. Love you too.